Hello, and welcome to the Your Caring Docs podcast, where we provide general medical information about what's going on inside your body so you can feel well-informed. And who doesn't want that? But keep in mind, we are not making any diagnoses here. And if you are concerned, please contact your medical provider. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Curing Docs, where we provide general medical information for our general population so you understand what's going on, you feel empowered, and you can have a greater satisfaction within the healthcare system. Yes, you want to know what's going on in your body. So today we are going to go over sepsis and septic shock. Shock like, yes. But let's get started. We're going to start off with story time. Okay, Aunt Jane. So Sally is taking care of her Aunt Jane. Jane lives with her. Sally's really great. You know, Aunt Jane is usually pretty active. But over the last few days, she started to notice that when she's changing Aunt Jane's, her diaper, her adult diaper, she's like, hmm, you know, it's having a little foul odor to it. Now, today she noticed that Aunt Jane is not as active as she normally is. She's acting a little confused. And then she says, hmm, let me check her temperature. Aunt Jane has a fever of 101. And when she checked her heart rate, Aunt Jane's heart's beating fast at 115. And she looks and she said, Aunt Jane, you're breathing pretty fast. All of this, she says, mm-mm. We're going to go to the ER. So she takes her to your caring dogs, General Hospital. Yep. To go and see what's going on. Right. Next, we have Uncle Ricky. So Uncle Ricky shows up at your caring dogs, General Hospital ER. And he says, listen, I have this bump at the back. It's very painful. It's swollen. And I have, you know, it's a growth back there. It's tender. It's swollen. And then I check my temperature today and I have a fever. It's 101.7. So we're like, okay, put him on the monitor. Uncle Ricky's heart rate is at 125. Uncle Ricky's breathing at 25 breaths per minute. Uncle Ricky's blood pressure is at 105 over 65. We checked Uncle Ricky's blood sugar because he says, listen, I'm diabetic. And, you know, I haven't been able to keep this thing under control. When we check, boom, Uncle Ricky's blood sugar is at 450. We said, boom, Uncle Ricky, something's going on. With all of that, that's why we're going to talk about sepsis and septic shock, right? Because we're thinking about it when Uncle Ricky and Aunt Jane show up in our ER. We said, hmm, what's going on? Let's think about it. So, we're going to start off with definition. What is the definition? So Mayo Clinic kind of brought it down the best out of all the different ways for us to understand what's going on. Sepsis is a potentially life-threatening condition that occurs when the body's response to an infection damages its own tissue. So let's break that down. What does that mean? So your body is responding to the infection. Now, when we think about Aunt Jane and Uncle Ricky, we're like, hmm, that's right. The body's responding to the infection, but it's an overwhelming response, right? And because of this big, huge response to this infection, the tissue within our body starts to get damaged while the body's trying to fight 
this big infection. That's sepsis in a nutshell. However, there are a couple different ways that it happens, right? So there were some definition of sepsis. Things are changing. You know, when the councils get together and they said, listen, based off of the data, we're going to change things. But for our purpose, we're going to start off with what the definition of sepsis was up until recently, right? So before there was sepsis, there was like that precursor, which we call the SEERS, a severe inflammatory response syndrome. What is that? So that's when the body temperature goes up or it drops too low. So 36 degrees, if it drops less than that, that's less than like 96.8. If your temperature goes higher, it's at 38 degrees Celsius. That's basically 100.4. You know, you're starting to have a fever. So basically we're saying either you're hyperthermic, you're having a fever or your, your temperature is dropping too low. Something's going on, right? The heart rate starts going over 90. Why is the heart beating so fast? Because the body is starting to have a response to something, right? And then you start breathing fast. And when you get your blood work, the blood work shows the white blood cell counts are elevated. So that's SEERS, the Severe Inflammatory Response Syndrome. Add that plus a source of infection, boom, you got sepsis. What is the source? Now we have to think about it, right? Hmm, grandma. Grandpa, hmm, what's going on? Aunt Jane, Aunt Jane's urine, hmm, strong odor. Uncle Ricky has this big inflamed thing on his back. Sources, right? We're like, hmm, that's what's going on. Now, the newer definition, they counseled that together, thinking, well, last year and uh, or 2019, and they came together and they said, okay, we're coming up with a newer definition, right? So this one, they call it Q-SOFA. Quick sequential organ failure assessment. Why? Because like we said, when sepsis, the body's inflammatory response leads to the organs or the tissues being damaged. So they're like, well, we want to see and be able to catch this as quickly as possible. So here are some of the definitions. They said that if the blood pressure is less than 90 or less than 100, pardon me, then yeah, we got to worry about that this person is probably going to get really sick and they can have a poor outcome because sepsis, like we said, is potentially life-threatening, right? So this overwhelming infection, you can die if you're not treated quickly and appropriately, right? So that, and then we said that if they become altered, confused, then yeah, you know, that means that there is end organ damage like the brain. Yes, one of the organs, right? And then if the respiratory rate starts getting too fast, they said if there are two or more of any of these plus the GCS, which is basically how alert you are, right? You open your eyes spontaneously or you're talking spontaneously or you're moving spontaneously, that kind of gives us the GCS. So if two of any of that's off, then there's a high risk that there could be a bad outcome. So that's what's going on. And you're like, all right, we need to be able to catch this really quickly. Now, we are not going to go over the older and the new definition of sepsis. The old definition we talked about, the SEERS, Severe Inflammatory Response Syndrome, and that plus a source, 
that's sepsis. The newer definition with the Q sofa, they said you have a suspected source and any of the two that we just mentioned, their GCS is less than 15. They're not spontaneously opening their eyes, talking or moving, or they're starting to get confused. They're breathing faster. Their blood pressure is dropping below 100 millimeters per mercury. Boom, sepsis. Now, the older definition, we had sepsis, severe sepsis and septic shock. Your definition, sepsis and septic shock. Listen, it's either there, it's not. Now they have sepsis or you have septic shock, right? So the septic shock, what is that? So septic shock is when the blood pressure is low. And despite giving adequate amount of fluid, the blood pressure is still staying low. And you gave them a powerful medication and the blood pressure is still staying low. Septic shock. With that, we got to go. Get stuff going because you can have a bad outcome, right? So now... What are some of the common leading causes of infection? Infection causes sepsis, right? There's really, that's the step. You can have fungal infection. Mm -hmm. You can have bacterial infection, which is most common, right? And you can have viral infections. Let's talk about this virus that's out there. All right, it's still there, right? So some of the common and the leading infections, you have infection in the lungs, that's pneumonia, in the kidneys, bladder, urinary system. Let's think about Aunt Jane there. Her urine is smelling, mm, and she's confused, right? We have the digestive system. What about people who have like diverticulitis and then they get an abscess? What about those who have their gallbladder? Their gallbladder is infected, and then they never went and got treated, and then they got worse and worse, and then they're sick, fevers? Yes. Then the bloodstream, catheter sites, wounds, or burns. If you have like a, a large burn within your body, you can, the burn can become infected and therefore that's the source of sepsis. Um, risk factors for sepsis, those who are older, Aunt Jane, Aunt Jane is not really that young. Um, the other thing that we are not talking about today is infancy. So sepsis can occur in babies less than a year old, especially if they're less than one month that's when we're really concerned, right? They don't have any immune response. They can't defend themselves. They just, they were just born. They're still trying to get used to the outside world. So if they get infected, it's very, 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 very dangerous. Those who are immunocompromised, if you're on medications for your rheumatoid arthritis and it's suppressing your immune system, yes, you're at risk. What about those with chronic kidney disease, liver disease, you're on dialysis? Yes, those are all risk factors. And people who are also been admitted to the hospital and they're in the ICU for a long period of time, they're intubated and they have all these things going on, increased risk factors for sepsis. Now let's move on back to Aunt Jane. Oh, Aunt Jane, Aunt Jane. Now we're talking about the Q sofa, right? Is Aunt Jane confused? Yes. So she's altered. Aunt Jane's blood pressure is 90 over 70. Her blood pressure is less than 100. So now we got to worry about Aunt Jane being septic, right? Her urine is foul smelling. So we're thinking that that's the source. She has a fever. Her heart rate's high. We're worried because Aunt Jane has two out of the, the criteria. She has two greater than two of those criteria for the Q sofa. So Aunt Jane is at a risk of having a poor outcome. Oh no, Aunt Jane, we gotta get this going. Now, what about Uncle Ricky? Uncle Ricky now, he has a fever of 101. His heart rate is at 125. 
Um, those are not on the queue sofa, but we still know that that's pretty dangerous, right? We're worried about Uncle Ricky. Why? Because we have a source that big. It's an abscess. That's what's going on back there with Uncle Ricky. Uncle Ricky's breathing at 25 breaths per minute, but based on this queue sofa risk factor, Uncle Ricky has one out of the risk factor because he's alert right uncle ricky's telling you i got this back here he's not how he's not altered he's not confused he's telling me what's going on i don't feel good while aunt jane aunt jane's you know confused she had to have her niece tell us what's going on so that's a big difference right there now let's start treating these folks poor aunt jane Aunt Jane's coming in there confused with a fever. Her heart rate's fast. She's breathing fast. We're like, Aunt Jane, it looks like you have sepsis. So we're getting blood work done. We're getting blood cultures. We're sending off blood work. We're checking her white blood cell count. That's her body's army defense. It's just like, listen, we're going to throw everything at it. We're checking to see her blood clotting factors. Is she able to clot her blood properly? Is this infection so overwhelming that is really going to try to take on Jane out? We can't let that happen, right? So we're sending off her urine. We're getting antibiotics in Aunt Jane as quickly as possible. And we're also going to give Aunt Jane IV fluids because we need to check and make sure that she gets hydrated. Why? Aunt Jane's blood pressure is low. So we're going to give her IV fluid according to our protocols, right? We're sending off our lactic acid, which is one of the measurements in what we, in our blood to determine if our body's having a septic response, right? Tissue perfusion is low. Lactic acid goes up. So we're hydrating, hydrating, hydrating. And if Aunt Jane's blood pressure is not coming up after we give her her first set of bolus of fluid, we're doing a vasopressor. What is a vasopressor? It's a powerful medication that's given through the IV, usually through a central line, in order to squeeze it, squeezes, and which is constrict, squeezes the blood vessels and push that blood pressure back up. We need the pressure up so we can make sure that Aunt Jane is fine. Now, I know some of you guys are like, well, there are other things that we're going to talk about and stuff that you can do for Aunt Jane's workup. I understand. There are other things. However, we want to make sure our general population knows what's going on. So basic thing, Aunt Jane's urine is her source of infection. So we're going to treat her urine. We're going to give Aunt Jane some medicine, IV fluids to bring their blood pressure up so that Aunt Jane can have a great outcome right? So let's move on. What about Uncle Ricky? Uncle Ricky is here. He has his fever. His heart rate's fast. He's breathing fast. His blood sugar is high. And he has this big mass on the back that's painful. It's red. It's an abscess. So what are we doing with Uncle Ricky? Let's treat Uncle Ricky. All right, Uncle Ricky, we're going to get your IV fluids. We're going to get your blood work. We're sending off the blood and we're going to lance that abscess and get all that pus out. That is the source right there. That's trying to take out Uncle Ricky. We're not going to let it happen. Not on our watch, right? No, we're going to lance that abscess, get that pus out of here, get some antibiotics going in Uncle Ricky, give him some IV fluids because of the same thing, the lactic acid is probably elevated in Uncle Ricky because it's the tissue perfusion, right? It's low because his body's fighting off this infection. And after we give Uncle Ricky some IV fluids, we're going to make sure his blood pressure does not drop, right? Good thing is that his blood pressure is not dropping. So he does not need the vasopressor. The IV fluids alone, we're good. Now what we got to deal with, Uncle Ricky's blood sugar is 450, 450. We're not going to be able to get Uncle Ricky back 
in fighting shape unless we treat that, right? So we're gonna give Uncle Ricky some insulin and make sure we get that blood sugar down. Now Uncle Ricky will have a greater chance of fighting that infection if his blood sugar is within normal range, all right? Now, I know some of your sepsis expert out there. Well, there's more that needs to be done than that. Understand. We understand there's more. However, we want our general population to understand what's going on. It's a source of infection. We're going to treat that source. We're going to try to get the vital signs back to as close to normal as possible so we can treat our patient effectively and have them have a great outcome, right? So sepsis, that overwhelming infection within the body, we're treating it and we're trying to get the patient's great outcome. And we're doing that quickly, right? As Soon as you get to the ER, boom, we're jumping right on top of you and getting that done. Now, again, what is sepsis and septic shock? So the old definition, sepsis, a source, either with Aunt Jane, it was her urine, Uncle Ricky, it was that abscess, right? Plus the severe inflammatory response, which is heart rate, temperature, respiratory rate was part of Sears. The new version with Q-Sofa is that source, plus we're looking to see if the altered mental status respiratory rate is greater than 22, blood pressure is less than 100, or the GCS, right? So that's a difference. Now in the old definition, we had sepsis, severe sepsis, and septic shock. New definition, sepsis, septic shock, that's it. What is septic shock? When the blood pressure is low, it's below 100 or below 90, and you're trying to give IV fluids, you've given the IV fluids to bring the pressure back up, but it's still not coming up, right? That's septic shock. So therefore you are given pressors, which we said are powerful medications given through the IV to constrict the vessels, which is squeeze it to bring that pressure back up. It's usually done centrally, right? Bring the pressure back up. So that's a difference, septic and septic shock, right? Now, whoo, what happened to Uncle Ricky and Aunt Jane? They recovered. So Aunt Jane made a full recovery in a few months, and she was back to normal. Aunt Jane was out there doing her yoga. Go, Aunt Jane. Look at her. I can't even do that. She is full recovery. Now, Uncle Ricky, Uncle Ricky also made a full recovery and he went back to his favorite pastime, which was day trading. Uncle Ricky said, listen, all this time that I was in the hospital, I didn't get to buy my Bitcoins and I didn't get to do my day trading. So I lost some money. So I'm ready to make that money back. Right. So Uncle Ricky is jumping on it. He's right back on his computer day trading and using all that cryptocurrency. Go Uncle Ricky. Yes. So now let me know. Did you like this info? If you did, hit that like button. What did you take away from today's information about sepsis? Leave a comment, leave a comment. Now, do you know anyone who has an infection, especially if they're not taking their antibiotics? Mm, if they aren't, you share, share, share with them, okay? And please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link is in the comments right there. I hope you liked today's video. Hit like, share, comment, like, share, comment. Let us know what you thought about it. And I will see you next week. I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Karen Docs. Take care. You have been listening to the Your Caring Docs podcast with Dr. Tamara Beckford. We hope you got some great info and we will see you next time.